0: We will not lack technology innovation. It is absolutely our secret weapon, but it only becomes our secret weapon when we do it for all the right reasons.
1: Welcome to SHI's Innovation Heroes, a podcast exploring the people and businesses driving change in our drastically disrupted world. I'm your host, Peter Bean. Some people get Darwin all wrong. When the famed biologist wrote about the survival of the fittest, he wasn't talking about physical fitness. He wasn't saying the brawniest or even the brainiest species are the ones that last. No, he was saying simply this. You have to be the most flexible. You have to be the nimblest. The one most apt to fit in any given set of circumstances as they evolve around you. I bring up Darwin because in the wake of this terrible, awful, no-good global pandemic, digital Darwinism is rather apropos. The world has changed, big time, and it's not necessarily the big tech giants of the pre-pandemic era that will survive to see the other side. Unless, of course, they learn to adapt better and faster than the startups nipping at their heels. Which brings us to our guest today and the company she represents. Michelle Chiantera is the VP of Growth Marketing for Cisco in the Americas. Cisco, as you know, is the world's largest maker of networking infrastructure, as well as the iconic collaboration platform, WebEx, just to name a few of the bona fides that make them innovation heroes. The questions we have today are, how is this technological giant finding its footing in a new and disrupted planet? How are they surviving? And where will they go next? The answers will shine a light on the imperative facing all innovation heroes in businesses of all sizes. It doesn't matter how you built your success yesterday if you find yourself in a new world today. Oh, and just in case you needed any more proof that Cisco is one of those titans of tech, it just so happens that on the day we had this conversation, Cisco announced it had sold its 100 millionth IP phone. I think that calls for a brief clip of the world's most famous hold music. I love that song. Now let's get to the interview. Michelle, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Peter. It's really great to be here.
1: I just want to congratulate you. This one is a special meaning in my heart. Congratulate you and all in all of Cisco on deploying your 100 millionth phone.
0: Thank you very much. Indeed, it is a very special day for Cisco.
1: So before we get into, you know, our topic of the day, I, I just want to ask, because I'm, I'm generally curious, I've heard such incredible stories about, you know, agility and adapting to the new world that we live in. And I'm just kind of curious for you, off the top of your head, what are some of the things that, that you have had to adapt to the most in your role, where, where, where you've had to really lean on agility and innovation to help you through these challenges that we've all faced?
0: Uh, As it relates to my role, I actually have a pretty distributed team, and we have always relied heavily on remote work and leveraging video, but we always had the opportunity to connect live and in person. So to create those relationships and ultimately build on those relationships over video, we had to be very thoughtful and creative in, in how we engaged, right? We're now not only working in our home as it relates to our day-to-day, but we are having to engage and connect with our colleagues in a way that we probably haven't done before. So it was really important for us to give everyone some space to be able to engage and connect, whether it's the first few minutes of a conference call or a one-on-one just humanizing, uh, what it is that that we do every day, because we've really moved away from the opportunity to go grab a drink or to grab a cup of coffee.
1: The way you touched upon humanizing and being more thoughtful and creative in, in your video experience, that really resonates with me, the humanizing of the virtual experience. Because I think, you know, before the pandemic, We all tried to be who we were in person on video and that's gone now. You know, now we're meeting with people and you know, people wearing t-shirts and ball caps and their kids are there and they're playing Lego. You know, there's, there's dogs on people's laps or people pull out their guitars in the middle of a meeting. I mean, it's that humanizing factor for me has been one of the most beautiful silver linings that I've seen.
0: I would agree. I do think that it makes it just a bit more human and also people are accepting. And that to me has been uh, one of the, the positive things that have come out of this. Um,
1: I also want to commend you and Cisco on a few initiatives. I'm referring to the, the small business financing and kits. It really looks like Cisco's going out of the way to meet their customers. I also wanted to ask what challenges Cisco is seeing in the market that led you to create some of these new offerings.
0: When all this went down, obviously cash flow was a top concern for our customers and our partners. And when we started to look at ways that we could help our customers and partners through this pandemic, it became really obvious to us that we needed to allow our customers to defer payments so they can keep their business running keep them productive, keep their employees safe, and and allow them to do what they needed to do in their communities, without having to worry about cash flow. And the same goes for our partners. And we knew that this would have impact on both customer and partner financial situations, but if we could just play a small role in helping them to keep afloat, we would be contributing to uh, something at a macro level, like our economy, as well as at a micro level just just continuing to take that customer and uh, partner first mindset that Cisco is is known
1: for I'm curious about what this pandemic has done to reveal challenges you know particularly with products like Webex
0: We are in a crisis and it has really forced us to reimagine and our customers to redesign their workforce and what the company really focused on is how we keep business resilient. Mm-hmm. And we designed two solutions to support our customers and ultimately what is this, this new way of working. And the first one is around this notion of uh, the secure remote workforce. And really what this solution does is it, is it empowers workers to be productive remotely, like we talked about earlier. While emphasizing security, because we know some of the challenges that many companies face when they were quickly forced to go to work uh, outside of the the firewall and and, and ultimately deliver this enterprise class solution at, at home. And to your point, products like WebEx and Umbrella and Meraki, they really helped this remote workforce to come to life on the flip side we know there will be a day when we all walk back into to an office it's going to look very different and when we started to think about the trusted workplace solution it really needed to be centered around uh, worker safety and wellness and again promoting a secure environment that's that is is seamless and and distributed and ultimately scales So things like DNA spaces, where we're actually able to track employees to ensure that we're keeping the office safe. These are going to be new ways of thinking, looking at these software-defined networks. There's not going to be hard lines that we're going to be uh, drawing around an infrastructure. So these are some of the technologies that we're having to, to engage our customers around as they think about what their future does look like. And it's going to be blended. It's going to be some people will be working from home and and some are going to be going back into the office.
1: Now, I want to move into networking, the biggest part of your business. Has the pandemic shaken up this part of your business as well? And what has Cisco done?
0: 100% it has has shaken up this side of, of the business. And it has ultimately been... An opportunity for us to accelerate our strategy, which is to uh, shift our focus from being a hardware-centric company to being a software company. Our customers want to consume technology in, in multiple ways. And, and like I said, COVID has essentially accelerated this demand for software and, and as a service and Cisco is absolutely going to continue to invest in multiple ways to consume our technology because that's ultimately what's going to to satisfy our customer demands. And and like I said, this is where I think COVID has played a role in accelerating because there's there's no longer the opportunity for us to to have those physical engagements. We had to digitize. Just about everything from how we're engaging with our customers and partners to how we're doing marketing.
1: I want to dig into some of those specific customers and their experience, as you mentioned before. Uh, What are some of the key challenges that you're seeing from your customers in small business right now?
0: Yeah, small business is definitely taking a
1: pretty hefty hit.
0: You know, the real focus that small businesses have, and I, I mentioned this earlier, is this, this idea of being resilient and ultimately come out the back end and recover from what is going on around us. And small businesses, as, as, as you know, Peter, I mean, they are pretty nimble. You know, they might not have a dedicated person that's thinking about, OK, what's our technology strategy for the next two to three years as, as we evolve it to uh, meet the demands and uh, align to this new way of working. So the role that, that we've tried to play is yes, of course, we want to sell them our technology, but we also want to help them through this recovery. So we actually kicked off a small business recovery initiative, and albeit this sounds tactical, But I would actually say it's practical because it's helping small businesses to make that shift. And it's a guide. It's a guide to help small businesses to understand how to manage through these challenging times. And it ranges from remote working to potentially how they need to build a commerce platform to sell their products. So going above and beyond just here's the technology that we have to offer. Let us help you reimagine what it is that you can do with your business considering the environment that that we're in.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. Small businesses don't have that support mechanism. They don't have that longtime, you know, visionary IT leader or technology leader. I want to also kind of ask you the same question around essential workers, right? Maybe a little different actually, more more along the lines of some of the challenges, the specific ones that Cisco technology has been able to solve for essential workers in the last little while, because I feel like there's a lot of great stories there, too.
0: We have amazing stories. And honestly, it, it, it ranges from giving hospitals DX80s so they can quickly dial up telehealth you think about we're in a year of an election. How governments engage to make decisions using technology—it's not been a choice. That's how they had to quickly pivot. And if you think about those essential services, that they're all—they're all pretty much operating in person. And what a massive shift!
1: Something that really stands out to me about what Michelle was talking about is how Cisco is prioritizing the big picture here, the long game. Let me explain what I mean. There are a lot of things that Cisco could be doing today, you know, to increase revenue, to uh, make their earnings reports better. Yet that doesn't seem to be the focus of the core of what they're doing. Cisco's focus right now is on supporting the community on enabling things to happen that are not happening today, to make access easier for people who either can't get it or for people who struggle to get it. This type of long-term thinking is exactly what what we want to see from the leaders in our technology community right now and the type of thinking that when all of this is said and done will define how people feel about these brands and these companies. And I really feel like Cisco, for whatever challenges they may be facing, are absolutely taking the right approach with their customer-centric approach. I want to go back to DNA. I'm constantly fascinated by that solution. I have to believe that in the halls of Cisco, you're seeing many new applications for DNA spaces. What are the ones that get you excited?
0: I would say there's so many applications to consider, but what's really cool is looking at all these different companies that are standing up these applications that are going to help businesses to actually operate in a more streamlined fashion. So I don't know that I could pick one. My daughter goes back to school. She's gone back to school five days a week. And the way that she has to be picked up is I use an application called Pick Up Kid. And I don't even need to engage with a human being. I click the button that I'm announcing that I'm here and my kid comes out the door. So it's that kind of mindset that companies are going to have to think through as they uh, evolve what their their secure remote workforce and trusted workplace looks like.
1: Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I, like you, get a little overwhelmed when I start thinking about all the different things that could change for the better, driven by technologies, just just like DNA, right? So I have to believe that a lot of this is probably rolling up to you and your role in marketing. It sounds to me like the messaging is just so important right now, right? You can have the best technology in the world, but if you don't have the right message, the right story, something easy for someone to consume and understand that, you know, you're you're dead in the water. Do you find that your role in creating that messaging has changed a lot in since the start of the pandemic?
0: Oh my gosh, it has drastically changed. So moving from product-specific to outcome-based conversations is something that's accelerated. But here's something that that I don't know that we thought about as marketers, that we thought about as salespeople, as we thought about as companies. When we all went back to our, or we went, all went into our home offices, the dynamic changed. So So when you think about marketing, to a business, you're marketing to a person that's sitting in an office, right, pre-COVID, you can have a very, very different tone. But now we're marketing to a person that's sitting in their house. The level of being personal has just gone through the roof. So we have to not only talk outcome-based, but we have to really shift our tone. And this is why we did things like we built the Small Business Recovery Guide. We built WebEx VODs so people know how to leverage it. We had to have empathy in our tone and we had to deliver things that were of value and in a way that felt very human. And what I often like to say is we need to sell, but we need to sell with heart. So it is, it is a change in dialogue and a change in tone.
1: Looking to the future, what do you think is the innovation happening right now that's going to be or have the biggest impact? Um, What's your secret weapon for the future at Cisco?
0: Yeah, Peter, this is a a super topical question and conversation that that we have in the walls of Cisco. So look, there's going to be technology innovation popping up left and right uh, to our conversation earlier around these applications that are going to get set up to our needs to ensure we've got infrastructure that can support connectivity. G, we will not lack technology innovation. It is absolutely our secret weapon, but it only becomes our secret weapon when we do it for all the right reasons. And one of the things that we're doing within the four walls of Cisco, is really trying to shift our mindset from an inside-out approach where we talk about features and functionality to an outside-in approach where we prioritize the voice of our customer in every dialogue that we have. I'm sure you've heard this. Jeff Bezos at Amazon, he leaves a, a chair empty in a meeting because they represent the voice of the customer. I think that is a a really tangible way of showing that the customer's needs have to come first, whether it's the product or the innovation that we're building, whether it's the way they're going to consume the technology, whether it's the kind of marketing Uh, or communications they want to receive based on where they go to find their information. Every single thing, and and by the way, it could be all the way down to how we engage with them from an accounts payable perspective. We have to consider how the customer is going to experience it. So we are really putting a lot of emphasis in looking at data, historical data, uh, real-time data, predictive data. So any decision that we make will absolutely have the customer in the forefront. And that I believe will be our secret weapon because if we can get it right for the customer, everything else will fall into place.
1: I can't argue with that. Michelle, I wanna thank you for being here. Uh, This was a great conversation. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time. Again, congratulations on the announcement today. And I hope to have you back sometime soon so we can talk more about some of the exciting things that Cisco is going to do to help change the world for the better.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. And uh, I do look forward to coming back and uh, building on all the amazing things that are going to be happening in the future.
1: Here's what I think the headline is. The pandemic has forced companies, all companies to be more human. Let me rephrase that. The pandemic has made clear what a few visionaries have known all along. The only way to survive in the tech world is to build something that humans actually need that humans will actually want to use. The conversation with Michelle reveals that Cisco is getting that message from small business financing to investing in training and end user enablement. They are going out and meeting small businesses and essential services where they're struggling most. They're keeping competitive by actually changing the way their tools work to be easier, smarter, and a lot cooler than ever before. And especially when it comes to the story Michelle and Cisco are sharing with the market, it all comes down to heart. It's about empathy. They aren't selling feeds and speeds and blinking lights. They're helping businesses and organizations stay afloat. They're making things safer, easier, and better. Thank you for listening to Innovation Heroes, the podcast exploring the IT leaders transforming business and life in this incredibly unpredictable new world. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Innovation Heroes, where we'll look at the untimely death of the physical office and what it means for the future of culture building and productivity. I cannot wait for this one. If you like this episode and the show, please support us by leaving a five-star rating and a comment. Without you, our show wouldn't exist.